What are trans people doing to anybody? I don't what? understand. I guess we're just running out of things to punch down about. <laughs> That's not it. I don't I don't know. I no, I don't I don't get it. I don't get I don't want to believe that Dave is someone that punches down. Like I he's he's my hero. I I look I mean even his last specials that had controversial stuff. He did trans jokes in those and I was still like on his team. I wasn't like super vocal about it. I wasn't like because I also don't think Dave needs anyone to defend him. The fact that there are so many people that are like rushing to defend Dave, like he's fine, he's okay. He, he, he seems like he's making a very conscious decision and he's okay with it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but still like I uh I was like, I think that in the last special i was like dave is acknowledging his biases like he's making jokes about it but like the part of the joke is himself he's saying like i don't get it and i'm an old man and i'm struggling to understand maybe i was just projecting all of that onto dave because like this the alphabet joke so uh spoiler alert you guys have probably heard by now about dave Chappelle's special this will probably be released so it'll be old news by the time this gets released but Jess and I wanted to see it. I've seen people that that I love and respect say it's the worst thing and don't don't watch it. And I've seen people that I love and respect say this is so good. Like Dave is the greatest of all time. You have to see it. And, you know, we were going to be our own judges. And there were jokes in the beginning that it was like, whoo, Dave, this is I like it. Like subversive, but very funny. Subversive. But like he has a he has a point. He has a point of view. And it's like uh, like the F word and N word joke. I really enjoyed. I thought he's highlighting a really, really interesting thing with that joke. Do I have to agree with him? No, I don't think anyone has to agree with him. But I'm like, you can see he's got a point of view that I think is worth sharing. That like that's a joke that I thought made me think. It made me go, huh, oh, wow, cool. Like, it made me uncomfortable. It made me laugh. Great. Then he starts into this alphabet joke. The, you know, who I'm talking about, the letter, the people who took 20% of the letters for themselves, which is a hack. (laughs) That's already, I'm like, Dave, that's a hack. You're talking about the acronym again? Like, uh, I've already, I've heard so many people do that. But what, and he's like, and then I don't know why, it makes it sound like a slur when he's like the L's and the G's and and no one likes the B's. And uh, I thought everyone liked B's. I don't know. <laughs> and then he says the T's, which if you guys are not following along, he's talking about trans people. And he's and, and he's saying like uh, the T's are just making the whole trip take too long. Like the trip to freedom, the trip to rights, the yeah. trip to whatever. And the T's are making everything harder for everyone. So everyone else in the car is mad at the T's. And I was like, is that true? I don't think that's true. What are trans people doing to anybody? What are they doing that's making anything slower? That's making anything slow down? Like they just exist. I what the and he like brought up bathrooms like he made a joke about bath bathrooms are bullshit. Like anyone can use any bathroom. Like no. You go into a separate stall when you're in the bathroom. It doesn't matter. Like I use women's bathrooms all the time. When uh, <laughs> it's a mi- like, yeah, a I don't, of, I don't give a fuck about I, the sign on the door. Not I like use- group, group public bathroom, but like you know, most restaurants have like a single men's and a singles women's. Yeah. If the men's is locked and the and the women's is vacant, 
I go in the women's because it's a toilet. Yeah. They both just have toilets in it. That's it. A toilet and a door that you lock. Like, there's nothing wrong. And so to act like that trans people using the bathroom that they want to use is a huge deal, I thought has already been debunked for years. And I thought someone like Dave Chappelle wouldn't buy into that bullshit. What? I don't understand. What? Like... Trans people get murdered. They get murdered all the time for being trans. And is that what is slowing down the ride? Is the car trip taking too long because we have to keep dumping trans bodies off the side of the highway? Like, I just... We didn't. We turned it off after that. I feel like I want to still give him a chance. I want to watch the end at some point. I want to watch the bonus thing at the end and see... Uh, but instead we turned it off and I pulled up killing him softly and I showed uh, me and Jessa just watched clips (laughs) from when he was younger (laughs) and it was like, Oh, (laughs) Uh. what did he say in the first special where he was, uh, acknowledging his biases? I don't remember. I don't remember. I just, I, now I'm worried if I just, uh, projected all that onto him, but I felt like he, uh, acknowledged that this is weird for him. He's like, I just don't get it. And uh, I th- and like and uh, and I was like, yeah, that's f- I think comedy should be honest. I don't think comedy should be perfect. Like I agree with him in the in the beginning. Like when he's ta- I like to stuff about Kevin Hart, where he's like he's almost a perfect person. In fact, he's four tweets yeah. shy of being a perfect person. Like I think that's that's I agree with that. Like we're ho- we want people to be perfect, and I don't know why we're holding comedians to the standard of being perfect when uh, our politicians are so awful like people that matter like i think a com- I, there's i don't think there's any responsibility for a comedian to be perfect i think a comedian should be honest and i so i think like if like you are like if you are admitting like hey i'm bigoted hey i don't understand this hey i'm an old man or something that that's fine with me if you still have a point if you can still make me think if you can uh still uh make me laugh but like None of that was the the alphabet joke. None of that was funny. None of it was. Yeah. Uh, I think a few, just on the the biases part. I think a lot about when somebody's standing up for their rights. When a group of people is standing up for their rights, the way that the people who aren't that group of people gets offensive. You know, when 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 gays were fighting for their rights, and then just everybody in in America who wasn't an ally actively fighting for those same rights was had like a defense you know but they felt attacked they felt attacked by someone just trying to get their rights they felt defensive and I don't know if that's just like a like a response to knowing that you do have those prejudices and feeling like you need to answer to it but this is back when everybody would be like I mean I I don't I don't care you could do whatever you want like I just don't want to see it or whatever you know they had to like um qualify it like that and so I wonder if it feels for some people who don't understand the trans movement, they don't have anyone close to them, you know, which is kind of how people had to learn about homosexuality was like have it close to them and understand. I wonder if they feel attacked by the movement of trying to get your rights. And I have heard people of color feel like they've had to fight so long for and I, I don't know if and this was, is wrong but I give them a pass because I'm like they for them if they don't understand it they just feel like well here I've had to fight my entire life to get treated like a human being for something that I am that I don't have a choice about that I can't get a surgery for and 
And here it feels like you guys are handing those rights over to people who, from their perception, they feel like they have a choice, you know? Which is something Dave touched on on his last, in one of those last two specials. I remember him talking about this. I couldn't quote what he said, but he was, he, he draws a lot of comparisons to being black versus being gay. So like, you right. know, like you guys want these rights. And he's like, yeah, well, so did we. And, you know, yeah. I think, and I thought, valid perspective and i'm learning i'm understanding your perspective more i you know don't have to like i like agree with it but like i at least i get where you're coming from like I, and you made it funny still and it was all it was okay it was all right but uh i mean shit <laughs> all this stuff the bird set was the best one that he did that uh, and that that one was was super cool to watch uh and it was way more intimate and personal and uh i liked it but i don't know he's also like what is he 45 50 dude he's gotta be 50 right do you think he's only 45 well, Listen, I, let's about talk about what friends. he's wearing in every single <laughs> special he's wearing some questionable outfits and i think what this is so strange like the jacket that he wore in one of them was weird and then there was a, like, I don't know, but this, he's wearing literally my dad's favorite coveralls. <laughs> my dad would wear green coveralls like, or when he was working around the house or something, when he'd come back from the cannery and he's, and I'm like, interesting pick, <laughs> interesting pick. But, uh, I just don't, I don't get, I don't get the. I don't understand the fear of it. A lot of times it's easy for me to, it, I can still enjoy something because it, I, it doesn't affect me, you know? Like, I can, I'll be like, I can see why, like when people hated the Last Chappelle specials, I was like, yeah, I could see why. I think it's easier for me to enjoy it because I'm just a straight white dude. And uh, so I'm not going to be... Uh, like it's not touching on anything that I'm sensitive about, so maybe that's why I I enjoyed it more. And this was like I can't even, you know, I don't I uh, it's just not, it's it's just that was bad. That was really it was really bad. He had a couple jokes at the beginning that you like tense up because the setup sounds like he's being a piece of shit, but then the payoff is worth it. And uh -huh. it's so obvious that it's a joke. And, and he the biggest problem here is that it's just, it's not even super mean. It's just hack. It was like, not good, not a good right. joke. And so then I saw some people, we watched this video last night of some, uh, nobody, uh, defending dave and explain like guys he's he's baiting you come on like he's i, I thought it's pretty obvious that he was doing purposely controversial material to bait you and you're and i thought no one's gonna fall for this but everyone's falling for it and i'm like wow is that what i was like on the last special is that what i sounded like because that's that i think that's a huge reach man that's a huge reach that you're just like gonna excuse that t that terrible unfunny hacky bit with no point of view like nothing to say oh, i feel like I and then just he's just like out. and he's just like oh yeah he's just well he was obviously doing a, a purposely bad joke just to get you guys riled up and like no 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 the what you're saying in the beginning like the the few jokes that we saw where it's like uh he takes a stance to 
to that's like that slick wily old dave that i love yeah. and uh, he 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 makes you uncomfortable and then flips you on your head and makes you look at it differently and you're laughing and you're like oh my god i never thought of it that way that's <sighs> but everyone feels so attacked and put out by it and they feel like they are being imposed upon yeah. why do i have to pay attention to the words that i mm-hmm. use but like pronouns aren't like a like a right that they're fighting like there's just like please that's like courtesy you know uh, I, I just don't think that they're asking for that much they're not asking for that which like please call me by this name you got it yeah it's no it's so, not it's difficult so at simple. all it's not difficult at all. I agree that there are people that are annoying. I agree that there are some there are people that have co-opted it and uh, that are like yeah that are just obnoxious. Completely with it. obnoxious. Sure. But those but are those, the loudest those, people. Those exist. But those exist in every group yep. everywhere. Uh, that's that there there will always be uh, somebody you know that's like needs to make it about them and they need to be in but like uh so he probably know. got just, i've never had a i never i don't i don't get it i don't think that it's a i don't i don't know man i think maybe it would be it'd be it'd be stranger if it was like you know you were their parent like i mean it's just because no one close to me like i don't know if i if i had like raised someone i was like this is my son like ethan ethan's my son he's a boy he, ethan ethan my son and then one day he was like uh you know i'm not i actually identify as a girl and i would like to be called l or something like that i would maybe that would be uh more difficult for me because i've had so i have so many years of memories of him uh in a certain way in my head but also, I also, I mean, like, uh, that's a, a, not a great example because, I mean, I, I call Ethan Skullcrasher because he wanted me to call him. Like, Ethan could yeah, tell me anything I don't think it would and I would just be you. like, yeah, sure. Like, it, it wouldn't bother me, but I could at least, I can imagine it being harder. Like, the people that I see uh, freaking out about it, it's like, you don't, you rarely see that guy or girl. Like, how about, like, the, the, the couple times you see them every year, you call them by the name that they asked for. They use the pronouns that they asked for and just grow the fuck up, man. It's not I hard. I think most of the people being dicks about it, and I can't speak to Dave Chappelle. I think he's probably react reacting to what was a huge pushback on him, whatever those last jokes were. I didn't watch that special. But a ton of people that have an issue with trans and pronouns and gender stuff i think it was just a quick reprogramming of our reality this sounds like i'm like i under i I understand them from like how i understand people who can't get over their ego and get over their programming because there's there is no scenario in which that would even occur to me to be bothered it's one thing that when i guess i was expecting it but when it started i was like okay yeah cool because i don't like rules i don't i don't be whatever the fuck you want to be be a mermaid who gives a flying fuck like i think it's stupid that we tell i think it's traumatizing don't don't be don't be a mermaid uh bad example yeah this comes up in readings a lot Um, that's not the same thing (laughs) people trying to people who didn't have a very traumatic childhood trying to find pieces of themselves where i can just tell there's like something splintered off or whatever and but they're like oh my parents were great and i but if they're my age i'm like okay but were you artistic when you were boys you know were you artistic when you were young did you maybe like dolls did you maybe like the color pink 
because people in my generation, I think it was a little bit better by your generation, but maybe not, were, you know, the dads were punishing them that out of their sons. Any show of emotion or whatever was getting punished out of their sons. Like, it's toxic. It's gross. These definitions, they're not real. They're not who we really are. Gender is not who we really are. It's who we've been conditioned to be based on what our genitalia is. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's dumb. It doesn't make any sense. But that's not how people are, like, especially older people are thinking. And most of the people that have an issue with it have that issue based on some shit they saw on the internet and they don't actually have a trans person anywhere in their life. You know, most of these, like, loud shit mm -hmm. talkers about it, I'm talking I'm sure there's tons of parents who who had a hard time with their child transitioning and stuff because you got you still have parents that are like telling their kids what their career needs to be and stuff, you know, telling their kids what their religion should be, putting expectations on their children like that. So, uh, I the I the only like when I see a friend come out, like usually what happens is like a Facebook post and they announce it, and I uh, I'm like cool. But then, like, I'll just, uh, I will be nervous that I'm going to do something, that I'm going to sit, Same, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, we have, a, we have a friend, Bree, and I was, like, so, I wanted to, I wanted to just, like, say all the right thing. like, I just wanted, and, uh, and then I called, I called her dude, or man, or something like that, like, just, like, uh, real casually like it and I, and then i was like oh oh oh, oh, oh fuck and then uh, does breathing i'm i'm a bigot now like uh, <laughs> uh, 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 like i'm i'm more worried about like i want i want i'm more worried about them feeling comfortable than uh, uh yeah i just i didn't want to believe everybody who said dave was an old man now that he just sounds like all these other edge lord old dudes i wanted to believe that dave was gonna uh and he there were there were moments where he was like you know that i don't know if it's because i'm ahead of my time or what but i keep waiting for the moment where i lock into what what i'm just so glad that i'm at that at that cusp of exennial because i can't believe how many people that are like two years older than me just like got stuck in the old world and just see things from the old point of view and say stuff like when we were kids and it's like fucking we hated it when people our age talked like that when we were 20 and like I can't believe that you're just the world changes it's just different it just evolves why do you have to just like lock into one thing and then refuse so it's not your thing it doesn't need to be your thing yeah man if the if the Mormon Church can change their name <laughs> and demand that everyone refer to them by this, <laughs> wow, and that's and a and very yeah. good fucking and, and and just demand it and and like in fact, if you call us by anything than this long ass title, it's you're you're rooting for Satan. Like God, you, it's I a never connected. It's those a two victory things. for Satan, and they all get it. They're all like, "Yep." This is how we're identified now. This is how we do it. Don't, you know, and they're all policing other people. When you say Mormon, they're like, hey, man, just technically it's the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And you're like, and you, you can't get it. You can't get it when someone wants to change their name. 
that's you, you're you're just being willfully obtuse at this point. Yeah. You are uh, purposely trying not to understand. You're being annoying. In yeah. the amount of time that you've taken, <laughs> you've said so many words m- more than they. You know what I mean? You could have just called them by the pronoun they prefer in the amount of time it's taken you to bitch about all this stuff. Really similar experience when I tried to change my name to Jessa. <laughs> <laughs> and nobody would call me Jessa. And they are like, uh, I'm not calling you that. And so I just was a bitch about it. And I refused to, if you mm-hmm. said Jessica, uh, Jessica, I just wouldn't acknowledge you. Yeah, You'd I- be standing right next to me, Jessica, Jessica, Jessica. And then I wouldn't say anything until I forced everybody to call me Jessa. Completely changing the subject now, but I finally watched Lady Bird and cried and watched it again the next morning. I loved it so much. But uh, in that, it's a kind of a autobiographical story about a, a high school senior in Sacramento in 2003 and just m- mostly focuses on the relationship with her mom but it's re- like it's a coming of age story and like her first time having sex and boyfriends and all this stuff and it's so everyone who said great things about it was absolutely correct so sweet and touching movie but she calls herself ladybird uh that's not that's i think her name's christine and she's like my name is ladybird and they're like is, what's your given name <laughs> she says it is my given name i gave it to myself <laughs> and i love that i love it and yeah anyway <laughs> You're listening to Mormon and the Meth Head. <laughs> if you put a Mormon and a Meth Head together, this is what they sound like. Aaron Woodall and just a read our friends. Listen to them talking to Mike. Mormon and the Meth Head. Mormon and the Meth Head. Mormon and the I like it. I like it. We like with all the ads that are being put on now, it's like so much before we actually start. It's like the, the this thing plays and then the Starburns thing plays and then there's a little tiny thing and then there's uh the song and then yeah. we get started. So we'll just move the song like yeah. 20 minutes into the we'll episode. We'll move it into and then it'll just be an ad break. You're listening to Mormon and the Method ad song. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. I'd do it after the song though, but yeah, that's not bad. Let's just put an ad break right here. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the appendix. Is it the appendix? Addendum? It's a word that starts with an A. Welcome to the end of the episode. About whatever it is that we talked about on this episode, because we are recording this afterwards welcome to the aftermath that starts with a right is that a dr dre lyric uh i i think aftermath is the name of his company the the label that he started okay, yeah. right welcome to dr dre's company now that i got this little company everybody wants to come up to me with the hands out looking up to me for something free <laughs> when my last cd was out you wasn't bumping me <laughs> Who forgot about me? uh, I forgot all the lyrics, apparently. (laughs) So here's the deal about mushrooms. They make comedy specials better, maybe. I think maybe you're a little more open-minded and compassionate. 
when you're on mushrooms. Go watch. We should go watch Dave Chappelle's special on mushrooms, and then tell us what you think. Okay, we re- we're recording this. <laughs> Addend, addend picks, uh, <laughs> because we felt bad. We trashed Dave, Mr. Chappelle, so much, and we didn't finish the special. Which is and my that, style. Yeah. I mean, uh, and then we uh, we did Mushrooms, and we recorded a Sunday school on Mushrooms. We we told the story of Abinadi and King Noah. On video. Yeah, it was the first one we've ever videotaped, too. It was really good. Check patrons it out. Patrons know about it. Non-patrons. It's a mystery It's a you. mystery. You have no idea. You guys have no idea all the Sunday schools you missed. Uh, but after that was done, we were like, let's watch the end of that Dave Chappelle thing. And so we turned it back on and... Maybe it was just the mushrooms, but it got a lot better. It got a lot better. I feel like that one joke that we talked so much about, the the alphabet joke, does suck. Yeah, I don't think mushrooms would have helped that. No, I mean, no, it would have. Of course, it probably would have. I don't know. Maybe. I think mushrooms are helpful. (laughs) Uh, I don't want to undercut the power of mushrooms, but... The joke's not good, but I feel like the entire special, uh, ourselves included, like everyone's judging the whole thing off of that that one joke. And the rest of it was really fucking good and some classic Dave. There was stuff that I said in the beginning where I was like, is Dave done? Is Dave done? And I don't think he is. I think he definitely has issues with trans people. Um, But like his uh, Juicy Smollier jokes, uh, you know, about rope, uh, <laughs> his, his jokes about guns, you know, that class. I just I thought that pose that he strikes when he's waving to the guy yeah. like, like a bitch <laughs> just waved at him. I there was some really hilarious stuff. And uh, so it was like, yeah, just to be fair, I guess I felt like I felt like coming back and be like, Dave's not done. He's just he's just weirdly hung up on this one thing. <laughs> yeah. And he did. I don't know. I feel like let people have room to grow. You know, I, I don't feel like he's, I don't know. I'm not trans, so I really can't, can't speak to no, that. Yeah, absolutely. He's wrong. He's dead wrong. I th- Well, I felt like the j- previous jokes he had done about trans people was uh, him acknowledging his own problems with it. Like he's like, this is something I'm hung up on. And this, the letters joke wasn't, uh... I had a feeling when we heard it, the way that he presented it sounded like he's got gay friends who, because it's Endorse really interesting. It, the joke itself is objectively bad. If the bathroom is your punchline, that's just a hack joke. Yeah. Um, but I, I think it's a hack joke that then um, paints a marginalized group of people into an incorrect uh, corner. I don't know. You know, like it's not just a bad joke. It's a, I feel like it's a bad joke that changes people's opinions on a whole group of people. Right. Uh, or perpetuates a false uh, idea about a certain group of people. Um, I can't remember, though, because people have issues with stuff he said about women also and other things. Oh, yeah. There I was can't... like the like uh, the Michael Jackson uh, victims. He uh, he got he like he like uh, also the, that joke was bad, too, when he was like. 
he was like, if Michael Jackson really was molesting kids, why didn't he ever molest Macaulay Culkin? I was like, uh, because Macaulay Culkin has lawyers. <laughs> like, do you not understand how this works? Like, M- Macaulay Culkin, uh, like, is probably not as prime a candidate for molestation yeah. as some poor kids that you can buy a trip to Disneyland. Uh, you know, but like we watched after the credits, there's like this bonus stuff, you know, and there's even more, there was other, there's like, he tells this great story about Barack Obama and he feels these questions and it's like good stuff. He does then tell a story about a trans woman he meets at the punchline and then uses her to endorse his jokes Yeah, and says like, uh, she, I don't know, she said something that sounded fake that was like, um, uh, why doesn't they give you any credit for normalizing us with your uh, stereotypes? <laughs> with the stereotypes that you that you promote, why don't you get any credit for normalizing us? And it sounded so much like I can't be racist because look at here's my black friend. I was just gonna friend. say it sounds. And like then this you is just trot him out to show him off. That felt really icky to me. That felt more icky to me than the than the actual joke did. But then after that, we watched Bird Revelation. Jess had never seen it before. It wasn't that amazing. It was very good. I'd never seen any Dave Chappelle comedy, and I never watched that show. It must have been out when I was on drugs. Yeah. And so I really have just heard his name a bunch, but had never watched him. I don't know if I said this in the ori- original thing that we recorded, but I have a hard time uh, winning. I don't know. This is probably some programming of my own, but I have a hard time with... A bunch of woke white people slamming Chappelle because I feel like there is some we all need to like grow and be tolerant of each other. But there is some nuance, right? Like there's some nuance like we should give not a pass, but like some room for for people of color to not like they've been fucked with for so long. And to them, it has to until they have the life experience that gives them the opportunity to, you know, it's like, uh, gays were persecuted and then people started having gay kids, you know, more and more people started coming out and it started being closer to them. And it gave us collectively the opportunity to grow. And I do, I have seen people of color say things like, you know, I didn't fight like uh, Martin Luther King's daughter said my father didn't die so that gays could get married. Now, I completely don't agree with that sentiment, but also I understand. I guess I have more compassion f- when people of color are need a minute to catch up. I have a hard time with no, woke white think, people you, throwing uh, it me, all over Facebook. Yeah, let me phrase it this way. Nobody uh, said shit about Bill Burr. <laughs> the same white, the same white woke people weren't saying shit about Bill Burr. And I'm like, if you're gonna drag somebody, drag Bill Burr. Another special I quit halfway through. I tried to watch it one night, and it was so much worse than Dave's. I, I got halfway through, and I hadn't laughed at all. Like Dave's opening stuff got me. I was like, there are good jokes here, and I turned it off when it got really a, a little, a little kind of bigoted. And I was, and I was like, I don't know. Bill starts out just. Hey guys, guess what? I'm pushing boundaries tonight. Oh, safe space is not here, baby. And nothing he's saying is uh like new or coherent. It's just he was going on and on about Michelle Obama. (laughs) How current. Right? It's like, why are you still mad? Are you mad 
at the woman who's been retired for three the thing was is like she's doing a tour in stadiums and he like can't fathom he's like she's selling out stadiums why are people paying to see her uh, she has a vagina edu- and i'm like shut yeah why yeah. are people this inspirational articulate fucking yale or harvard she, graduate why are she, people listening to her talk what with an amazing life story an amazing life experience one of the most influential people of our time if you don't find her that interesting all right you don't have to go you don't have to buy her book you don't got to buy tickets to it. There's a lot of people who don't understand why your fans right now are at in this stadium that they're <laughs> yeah. in. Like, they don't understand why they would pay hundreds of pounds to see uh, Bill Burr. But, you know, that's that's their prerogative. Why does it bother you that Michelle Obama is famous? And he like his all of his premises were just like. Uh, president's wives don't do shit. And it's like, maybe once upon a time they didn't, but I don't know if you uh, were alive during the Obama administration. Jesus. Like, like he said something that insinuated, like we vote, like they voted, they didn't vote for you. They voted for your husband. And I was like, that's, that's our, you need a reality check, man. If you don't think people uh, were voting for Michelle Obama, absolutely people voted for Michelle. That's why wives go out on the campaign trail. That's why wives go speak at events because wives get votes, you dumbass. And it's like he does, he had a problem with the partnership, a male and female partnership that like worked together towards something. And like it just, it, it didn't make any sense. But here's what, here's what I would rephrase what you were just saying though. White people, shut up. Just shut up. Just shut up <laughs> and think for a moment that maybe you don't know everything, that maybe you have lived one life experience and it's unique to to you. And like, you don't know, you know, like, I, I don't, yeah. don't want to phrase it like uh, we have to let people catch up because then that's still this like white moral superiority. It's like we like in no white people should not be the moral police. We have proven right. throughout exactly. our uh, throughout the la- for our, our whole history that like we're not the best at it, and I don't think that there's a race of humans that has an edge on any other race. I feel like you know, but w- for us to act like we we will now suddenly defend uh, the the gay or the community or the trans community, and we're not doing any like it's also just a bunch of lip service. These the the people on Twitter that like don't do anything. To like speak out against gentrification in theory while they actively gentrify, yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, historically uh, mi- I want minority neighborhoods. Catch up, I guess. I want to. Uh, spe- it's so hard to talk about this stuff because I don't feel like I should be talking about it. I don't feel like I should have an opinion on it. But catch up, I guess. He's in his late forties, uh, mid forties at least. He's an older Dave. Yeah, I feel like Dave's past fifty. Okay, I thought I thought so too. I thought he was like a decade older than me, but then I thought he said something about forty five on the the special. So maybe I thought um, he was past fifty. I I just feel like so anyone older like that needs a minute because they just weren't exposed to trans people. Like right. they just weren't. We're just not automatically understand things that we haven't been exposed to. But the second it's from a different marginalized group. He's only forty six. Forty six. Okay. The second it's from a different, not even a different marginalized group, but like I, I assume, and I'm not a person of color, but I assume watching how quickly we jumped on defending from their perception, I'm assuming how quickly we jumped on defending the rights of trans people when generation after generation after generation after generation of people of color 
have been oppressed in this country, and they're still getting gunned down in the streets uh, by our police. I just, I get it. I feel like, oh, I bet this is this is a nuance that like I yeah. don't, I can't judge like how fast he's wrapping his mind around something that doesn't resonate with him. I can't, I can't judge that. And we're back again. Uh, the card ran out yeah. on take two sometime yesterday, and then we didn't have time to empty the card out. We had a show to get to and another podcast to do. So this is a uh, real journey. This is here. a very a, str- a strange journey trying to finish this thing. Um, I, uh, hopefully we, there was an ad right there before. Oh, like, <laughs> like ads don't play for every person, you know. It's weird how they do that. So if an ad did play, it's kind of it's it would, be, it would be much better. Uh, if they didn't, um, we just got I don't, I, or no? What's the sound? <laughs> there's. Are you putting in sound effects when you edit? I have never put in a sound effect. You're no, but I noticed where the ad breaks are. I thought it was a glitch in the podcast the first time I listened to it, but when there's supposed to be an ad break, it makes the final sound of our theme song and then the final sound of our theme song again, and then it just starts playing. It's really weird. I've never heard this. Really? I swear to God, you said it to me before. Uh, I've heard you say it before. Oh, okay. I've never heard it. Um but uh, anyway, if it, maybe I just thought we could do an ad right now for those that didn't get an ad and that yeah. are feeling they would like so that everyone feels equally disjointed right now. Uh, what do you want to advertise? Goyaki Yerba Mate. <laughs> is that am I saying it right? I don't think so. Goyaki is organic brand. We're drinking enlightened mint. Enlight- enlightened mint. It's actually, it? I think, my new favorite flavor. And I never get it because it sounded gross, and it was the only one available. And now I'm like, oh, the the what turned you off? The mint or the pun? The pu- both. <laughs> I just thought mint in my tea might be nasty. <laughs> <laughs> I like it when Jessica gets musical. No, but seriously, we actually do have a CBD ad to do, which we should just do right now. You guys uh, done CBD? You kn- you fuck with CBD? I am pretty new to it. I'd gotten, I like once before in Washington, I bought like a tincture or something, but I didn't really know what I was doing with it or anything. But have you heard of feels? It's feels with an A, F-E-A-L-S, feels guaranteed to make you feel better. But I believe that feel is spelled with two E's. Anyway, that feels is like a monthly membership delivery service they'll send you cbd every single month and uh it's pretty nice we got to try it out ourselves this month and uh i like it it's helped me feel more calm and more focused that's the biggest thing that i've noticed it also is supposed to help uh, reduce stress reduce anxiety and help you sleep i think that's a big thing and i think that's what i was taking cbd for before when i bought it uh this time strangely enough though i'm uh, i'm sleeping okay i'm sleeping all right what i've been trying to get is uh more like productive i'm pretty bad at getting shit done during the day because i am very anxious so they said in the box and I think what a cool thing, too, is, um, like, I don't know shit about CBD. And there's all these instructions in the box. There's also a hotline to call. 
you can all, there's also chat features to do and they've explained uh, everything. So it's, it's very helpful, especially if you're brand new to the CBD stuff like me. Anyway, so what they told me was that like the, the higher dosage I take, the more sedating the effect is going to be. So if you're using it to go to sleep at night, you take a bunch of it and it's supposed to knock you out. What I've been doing, though, is just taking a small dose, the smallest of their, they got, they got like Goldilocks doses, you know, small, medium, large. I've been taking the small one just in the morning as I'm starting my day. You just, it's got a little uh, eyedropper thing, or tongue, it's a, it's a tincture, right? And you just put a little few drops of oil underneath your tongue and like about 30 seconds in, you're feeling sharp. A little bit more focused, a little bit more ready to go. I'm on it right now. That's why I'm doing such a fucking great job on this advertisement, I'd say. Anyway, it's a, it's a natural way to help you feel better. CBD has been proven to help with all these issues like anxiety and uh, chronic pain. That's another one that I haven't, uh, I don't have too much experience with myself, but I think that a lot of other people do use CBD for that. But it's just like this natural way to help you sleep better, help you feel less pain, less stress, less anxiety. And uh, you guys can join up. You guys can get in on this and get a uh, package sent to your house every single month. All you have to do, this is my favorite part, is go to feels.com slash head. I feel so bad for these companies. We have this producer, Rebecca, who does a great job. Uh, trying to get us advertisements, and then every time that they they're like, okay, we'll do it, and then they have to give us a promo code. And what options do we give them? No one's gonna pick Mormon. No one's definitely not gonna pick meth. And so we leave them with head, head. Anyway, you can go to feels.com/head, and you'll get fifty percent off your first order plus free shipping. Okay. So you're going to get it for half off. You're not going to pay any shipping for your first month. That's feels, F-E-A-L-S, F-E-A-L-S dot com slash head, H-E-A-D. So, you, yeah. <laughs> anyway, go to feels dot com slash head. Become a member. You're going to get 50% taken off your first order. You're going to get free shipping. And then you're going to get like a peaceful night's sleep or something like that. Whatever you're taking it for. Uh, I like that you can take it for different things. Like you don't have to get, you know, a different tincture. It's the same tincture. You're just taking in different doses. And depending on how much you take is uh, going to change the kind of effects that it has on you. Which I, which I think is pretty cool. Also, feels... Shipping to you out of Denver, by the way. Denver, Colorado, where me and Jessa will be performing Saturday, November 9th at the International Church of Cannabis. And those people know a thing or two about CBD, I am sure. Uh, and we are really excited for that show. And so I just figured, you know, take a second to plug it one more time. Please come. Please, please come. We want it to be packed out. The place... This church is gorgeous, so beautiful. It's really cool. You're going to enjoy it. We're going to have like a more a different kind of show there because we're in a church, you know. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Then the very next day uh, on November 10th, we're back in Salt Lake City again doing like a different kind of two-man show there at the Wise Guys at the Gateway. So hopefully we see you guys there and, you know, we can all talk about 
our CBD together. <laughs> but anyway, we were you were talking about uh, Dave Chappelle's age and his age and uh, him coming around to terms of things. I think it is a process. It just is a process. And older people have been on the planet when it is a certain way for a longer period of time. And that we need time to have our consciousness expanded. We need to be exposed to new ideas. We need a minute to let them assimilate. And yeah, you're kind of a dick when you're not letting it assimilate. But then I think we have to have more patience with people whose programming has been, you know, super difficult in the other way or whose trauma is, you know, I, it's the nuance and I don't, and I'm not saying that it's okay. I'm certainly not saying like violence against trans is like, obviously all of this stuff is unacceptable, but let people be flawed, let people grow, you know? That is something that I wanted to touch on was that uh, trans people get murdered yeah, for being trans yeah. and uh, that, okay, like we all meet, uh, you I know, don't... fake adopters, like people that want to like co-opt a movement and make it about them. And like, you know, that there are people that are annoying about stuff. They're like, oh, like they're being super annoying about uh you know their pronouns or something and they're just like co-opting someone else's move okay but like to pretend that that's all the trans community is is people that are just like you know like it's and ignore the fact that uh there that transphobia is a real and dangerous thing that men are killing trans women because they make them feel weird or insecure or, th- or something. Yeah. That's a real, that's a real uh, big deal. And that, that's, that's the stuff that felt the ickiest about uh, David's jokes. Now I'm, now I'm calling him David when I'm, when I'm upset with him. But I think that it's wrong to, we want to label everybody so simplistically. And, that, and people aren't simplistic. Right. I think uh, it confuses people when you have a celebrity that seems to be like woke in one area, say something uh, bigoted in a different area. And you're just like, how can that be? Like, well, because he's a human, because there are some things that he's right about and some things that he's wrong about, just like me, uh, just like everybody. And this the desire to just cancel everyone that says one thing like Dave opens that special up with an impression where he says, I want you to guess who I'm impersonating. And he says, if you ever do anything wrong ever, and I find out about it, I will end you. I'll take, I'll make sure you lose everything. It doesn't even matter if it's today, if it's tomorrow, if it was 10 years ago and I find out, I'll ruin you. And he's like, that's my impersonation of you guys. Cause I've never, I've never performed to crowds that were this difficult before, but like, and then he talked, he talked about Kevin Hart, Kevin Hart. He said, uh, he's four tweets shy, tw- four tweets shy of being a perfect person, you know, Yeah. that, uh, that, you know, we're, we can't just let people have certain faults anymore. And that's, like I think that it's good that we're policing ourselves and correcting people when they're when they're incorrect, but we 
have to allow them to grow and you can't just tell like cancel someone be, that's like mostly good and then has one problem and you're like fuck this guy uh I don't know. I, what, what do you What do you think? I, it's multiple things. It's different communities, and then it's also generational, right? So a lot of the cancer culture, cancer, cancel culture is young people, and young people have been born into a world where we kind of had worked some of this stuff out already, right? But like. You have older generations that have longer programming, that have longer things to work through. But I thought the Kevin Hart joke tells you exactly kind of where he's at, which is when I worked at Comedy Central. Uh, they didn't have a hard time punching down on black people, but don't you dare touch. Like, I thought he revealed a lot in that joke where he said, you know, uh, don't fuck with the letters. And I yeah. think I felt like that was a lot of it. Uh, the underpinnings of this in the joke were about why is this marginalized community prioritized above our marginalized community? And that's just like an area that I don't think, like I can look at that and see the nuance and be like, oh, there's something that you have to overcome that I didn't have to overcome. I didn't have to overcome that to uh, feel open to this community. You know, I don't have any like, I don't want to say jealousy, but I don't, you know, I, I, I don't feel pit up against this group. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I just don't, I don't know. I mean, I guess it all comes down to programming, right? Cause most of the people that are anti-trans are just like not at all comfortable with their own sexuality. So you have all of this like crazy fear around gender and it scares you because you're, it's part of your shadow. So at the core, I guess that it's everybody kind of working through their shit. And I do like the idea of the peer pressure being, you know, that the bullies aren't punching down. I just feel like this is such a nuanced thing. I feel like he got blasted for more than just his trans jokes. I felt sure, like was, yeah. And I didn't. And may, and I did want to go back to how you thought, hey, you thought Bill Burr didn't get as much flack. Because I think that's very interesting. Yeah. I, maybe as we were already tired of talking about it. Maybe we were already too busy talking about Shane Gillis. I can't remember exactly when Bill Burr's thing came out. But, like, he definitely didn't get it. And also, he's not as big as Dave. He's not. He's so not Dave's making gonna, the bars higher for Dave because Dave was, like, a woke, mm -hmm. you know. But I think that there's a race thing at play. I, I think it would be ignorant to say there's not. But also, maybe he wasn't. And he wasn't hitting the the same buttons Dave was because Dave did talk about uh, Michael Jackson victims and abortion and stuff. I mean, I think I turned it off when Bill was giving his own Me Too movement and kind of parodying the Me Too movement. Like he was fake crying about a woman who touched his crotch. And he's like, I just have to share my story. And that's when I was like, I think I'm done. And yeah. I'm like, this should this, in my opinion, should get more flack than I saw than I saw it get. But. Uh, I think Bill Burr's fan base is probably primarily bro, right? And Dave has probably More a higher... More people that would be disappointed. Yeah, yeah, probably a higher standard. I had never seen any of his comedy till after I watched that. And then I was like, oh, okay. But I think also if you're looking to him to be a woke spokesperson for every group i think maybe you missed what his earlier comedy was about which was just a person <laughs> of color talking about the experience of people with uh of color and i think i don't know i just don't like the the white woke people criticizing mm -hmm. 
other I don't know. It just it's it's it feels like here you were supposed to be on our side. You know what I mean? I don't uh-huh. know. It's like it's You're like supposed to be our mascot. No, he yeah. was he was teaching you about his experience and and the experience of people with color and now we don't, you know, we're like, okay, well we've consumed that. So like, I don't know. I would like to just talk more broadly about comedy and what its purpose is and what we're supposed to do as comedians because that's that's been in the news. I just mentioned Shane Gillis, you know, yeah. and his his uh quote unquote apology that he put out. Um you, I see a lot of really offensive people saying that comedy is supposed to push boundaries. That's our job. That's what we're supposed to do. And the prob- the, wa- the reason that's so insidious, uh, insidious, sorry, I combined incendiary and insidious, uh, but it's insid- it's in, uh, it's one of them. <laughs> it's both of them. I fucked it up twice. Is <laughs> because it's almost true. Like, it, oh, I think those technically, like, uh, yeah, that's true, but I think that you're an asshole using that as a, your excuse to be a, a lazy hack asshole. Uh, there's like Hannah Gatsby pushed boundaries in Nanette. That I think, and that I it, think that she did her job as a comedian. Yeah. I think a comedian is supposed to think about the world differently than the rest of everyone else. And when they share these, like this different perspective on the world, it changes, like it makes people laugh and we right. go, Oh my God, I've never thought of it that way before. And it makes you think, I think good comedy. I mean, I I kind of am a little bit more uh, vain about comedy than uh, certain like other people are like comedy's about laughing like if you just make people laugh and if you make them laugh with fart jokes that's great and I go okay maybe I'm a little bit more pretentious I do think that comedy should be making you think I'm not interested in it if it's if it doesn't make me think and like Dave's joke about abortion didn't change my mind about abortion but it made me think. I thought about it from a different perspective and I laughed and like I can I can do that and appreciate that perspective and laugh and not change the way that I vote or or, or anything. You know, right. I think that uh, it is possible to also really change people's minds with jokes. And that's something that I think is is really cool. But I think that if you're making us think about it differently and like making it laugh, then you're doing your job now. Uh, do I think uh, uh, calling people chinks is like <laughs> is helping anyone change their mind? No, I don't yeah. think so. I do believe that comedy is to push boundaries. Those boundaries change as we evolve as people. And the day of the shock jock saying crazy shit or like cussing or talking explicit about sex like it's been done those boundaries have been pushed you're now just like uh pushing an invisible boundary it's it's mostly just annoying and hack the boundaries that are being pushed now are like raw candid like personal life experience uh vulnerable not that you can't still say shocking things but like it isn't pushing a boundary anymore to just Say stereotypical shit. What boundary is that? I don't think it's wrong to ask comedians to be thoughtful with their jokes. Right. Like, that's the thing that that I see from this other side of comics that are offended. They're like, listen, if they can just 
and like get, get mad at any joke. Like I'm just trying to make it funny. I don't think it's enough to be funny. I think you have to ask why. Right. Like, what is the punchline here, really? And like you hear jokes where I'm like, all right, if you break that joke down, you're laughing uh, at something racist. Like you know, like you're at the at the heart of this joke is you're saying these people are different. Ha ha. Or you know, and that's like, is that really what you want to make people laugh about? I think be better. I think be thoughtful with your jokes. I come up with jokes that are good jokes that are funny, but at their heart, they say something that I don't believe in. So I never take them to the stage because I'm like, why would I put this out into the world if I uh, if like I don't want people to think like this and uh, comedians like simultaneously do want the credit for uh like being truth speakers but then also don't want uh anyone to ever complain about uh anything they say ever you know they're like it's, yeah, it seems like they you don't want to take responsibility you want the prestige of the job but then you don't want the responsibilities of the prestige you know right and you're just like no don't don't ever make me apologize for anything that I say, but what I say is really important. We are the last, uh, like, uh, truly free people, but don't ever correct me. You know, right. it doesn't, it, 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 it's, it, it gets gross. If we could use Shane Gillis as a, an example, again, he was in this sketch. Uh, that was like the first thing I feel like I saw him in before Philly court or anything like that as where it's called the fireman. And it's really wild. It's like Simpsons level accuracy of prophecy about what happened to him. Like that it came true. And right. I think that's crazy to go and watch it. But like that was a sketch that made me think differently. I thought that that was a good a good sketch that showed the cannibalistic nature of cancel culture. That like showed uh, how it, uh, it, you know, it gets out of control. And I was like, wow, that's a good, that's a, this, this sketch pushed a boundary and made me think differently. Right. But I don't think uh, joking about like uh, how we forced uh, people that didn't look like us to live in certain neighborhoods for generations and we didn't let them ever leave it. And so then they created their own neighborhood uh, is fun. Like I don't. They're just like, and their architecture is weird. I'm like, what are you doing yeah. there? <laughs> what, what, whose mind are you, what, what are you, who are you appealing to? What, that doesn't make any sense. But like, I think that can like when he says in that apology, like I'm going to keep swinging and occasionally I'm going to miss, right? Like it's not always going to be right. It's another, uh, insidious, uh, statement because I think that is true about comics, I don't think that that uh, is a good apology, and I don't think Just that saves you. Just try not swinging at other people is, yeah. a, is a little hack for how to not miss so often. Well, like I feel like in, in Sticks and Stones, Dave takes several big swings, and one of them I really didn't like. And most everything else I was okay with, and some of them I really did like. But like his whole career's been great. And like if, if you do uh, like censure a guy for uh doing something like that then maybe we don't get some of his other works right even bill i hated this special but he's had another one that i've loved another one that he spoke on controversial subjects i wish i could remember the name of it it's the one that's in black and white it's beautifully shot but like he does jokes about donald sterling that changed the way i thought about donald sterling i went huh okay he did jokes about Chick-fil-A that I was a little bitter about because I had jokes about Chick-fil-A and he his were way it was like the same idea, you yeah. know? And his his hit the nail on the head so much better than mine. And I was like, 
it was one of those specials that was so good I kept turning it off because I was mad that I would never be that good you know yeah I turned it off multiple times because I was like fuck I'll never be this good then I watched you know Paper Tiger and I was like oh I could do this sure (laughs) it sucks but uh that's I mean like people we want to so much we want to judge everybody's entire life and entire character not just comedians but everyone on like one thing they said one soundbite one tweet and uh, it's not fair and we can't we can't do it i like that we are policing each other more and for like you said trying to keep people from punching down you yeah. know but we also have to allow people room to grow and i think that we can just like say bill that special sucked and don't do it without without so much outrage yeah i'm sitting here and i'm trying to think what is off-putting because i'm like oh i also don't want to encourage like cancel culture has helped curb the amount of people who think it's okay to do a trans joke so I don't I definitely don't want to encourage that and I think if I could articulate it it is it's something from like a parenting uh a parenting style that I think a lot about if your child tells a lie if when I was a kid if you lied your parent would call you a liar it would like define you as a person. It would be who you are forever rather than you are a child who told a lie. Let's get to the root of why you told the lie, you know? And it's all in nuance. And I just think canceling somebody is saying that you are this awful thing and you will be this awful thing and irredeemable for the rest of your life. And I don't know that that's necessary for everybody. I think if you have sexually assaulted people, you should be canceled. I'm fine with that. I don't really think Louis needs a second chance. I don't really think that. Yeah, I agree. He and he is a repeat offender. Right. Like there was, uh, and he actively sought to cover it up. And like, your apology sucked when you did get caught. Uh-huh. And I don't. I don't for a second think that if he came back into any sort of power he would change his behavior. I think he would do it again. Yep. Uh, there's a big fucking difference between that and a person who's still learning and growing, making a joke that, you know, wasn't necessarily it. Or like somebody with with 15-year-old tweets. Dude, ever, like toxic masculinity was a dominant force that affected all of us. And that Until all just of us a little are still while working ago. ago. So like we're going to go dig up 18-year-old tweets and be like, you're this? He's probably not that. Mm-hmm. He's probably had the same growth and transformation. And, you know, there's a lot of people who are pulling up shit on Shane. You know, and Shane said that stuff like last year and would say that shit today. But, and I, you know, I, I, I know Shane, but like uh, there were people who were pulling stuff up on him who also weren't smart enough to delete their old tweets. And <laughs> then... Uh, I don't like that either. Like, I can look and be like, oh, I used to think. Yeah, didn't Chris Titus. I saw Chris Titus get called out. Yeah. They're like, because uh, he was like, this is terrible. And then people were, uh, I think my friend Mac Arthur was like pulling up his tweets about uh, Asian people talk like this yeah. and stuff. Everyone talked like that. Everyone was like that. We weren't that great of people, but we collectively weren't that great of people. And you're a fucking, if you're under the age of 25, I think you should not be pretending that you weren't a part of a culture that was toxically a lot of things, that was inherently racist, sexist. And uh, did a lot of toxic bullshit. Like, I I talk shit about women, you know? I talk shit about women like they were trash and held men up on a thing. Till like, fucking seven years ago, I was actively like that. I, I pushed back and called 
uh, women who wanted to call it rape, you know, when rape culture first became a thing, I pushed back at that. You know, I didn't have a podcast. You're not going to find it anywhere. But I'll tell you, I've been a lot of shitty things because I didn't know better. We were all programmed the same way. And I think, you know, if you're 20, tight tight you got to grow up in a world where you you know the the expansion that you brought to the world is a new idea for some people but for somebody who's 46 years old they still have growing to do and it's not the same thing as rape you know it's not the same it's it's a per it's nuanced it's just different so i don't like cancer culture can't i keep saying cancel well speaking of that i i do think like uh, no one's really been canceled yet like maybe louie but louie like he's he's definitely uh dropped from where he was but there's still a chance that he I feel like years down the road I mean he will still have his fans and he will he'll be fine and like Dave is super fine Bill is very fine like like there's a lot of outrage but like no one's this this idea where like they're taking stuff away from us because of this thing I said I mean they took away Kevin's heart Kevin Hart's dream of of hosting the Oscars uh, I don't even think that's that big of a deal. He's got a great life. He didn't get to live out this one dream that he had. He's living a lot of other dreams. Right. So uh, I didn't. I don't know. I did for Shane. They definitely. I don't know. Took SNL away from him, but he's gonna have a. This I feel like. I mean, sure, he'll be uh, performing for like uh, Yahoos and Yeehaws, uh, white but, supremacists. And, I honestly, but like, he'll be, he'll still be fine. He'll be selling more tickets than he was going to sell if he did SNL because yeah. that's not his fan base. I mean, we saw Alex Moffat at the Emmys party and uh, just had no idea who he no was. No idea who that is. Um, I here's the thing about cancel culture that I notice is I don't think it takes anything away from those people because they're fan. There is, we are also creating kind of a radicalized fan base for shock comedy because you know, like, like Shane's going to be selling shit out because of this, but the pressure to now, like I, like there's a peer pressure that we as like liberals or people who are more woke are pieces of shit if we don't jump on the bandwagon of anti anti Chappelle, you know, yeah. Th- that's like the, the part of the culture that I don't like is like, uh, don't you get caught peasant person? Like it's not necessarily hurting him, but don't you get caught, uh, having positive feelings or buying tickets to, or still consuming anything from this artist. And, um, not that I was watching a lot of Chappelle in the first place, but it is like one of these things where like I then won't touch, you know, I won't touch that subject. That's where I'm like, it's not the same thing. Somebody continuing to be a Louis C.K. fan is not the same thing as someone continuing to be a Chappelle fan. I'm surprised that more people, though, aren't being more thoughtful with their jokes and thinking about the power that they have and like the jokes that you want to tell, you know? And that's something that I, I feel like with Dave is like, as much as we disagree with him, I think that he's being purposeful, like in the controversial topics that he's talking about, which is different than like, what's his name? Nick DiPaolo, right? Yeah. Who's just like trying, who's just like the opposite of the, of this outrage culture. He's doing the exact same thing, though. He just wants to make uh, people angry. Like you just want you just want to start shit. And there, I think the people that are flocking to that, like you said, 
like suck. Yeah. Like suck. And uh, maybe Cometown's not the best example. Maybe I should listen to Cometown before I use it as an example. I feel like Cometown is satire of those people. But they're but those people are listening to it. Yeah. Those people are paying for but it. They don't know they're There's, being making fu- they're being made fun of. I I don't like, know. I don't listen to Cometown, but but I like feel you're like giving you're giving those people what they want, yeah. and uh, that's the kind of thing that sounds uh, scary to me. Yeah, that's like they're also making fifty thousand dollars a month on their Patreon, so uh, I might be too jealous to. Um, true, very true. But that's then that just makes me more nervous about how many of. Th- those people are out there <laughs> yeah. like how many how many of those people are the, the ones who are in on the joke and how many of those people are the joke i feel like we are creating we are helping create these radicalized groups though by being so fucking off the chart i don't know i don't think there's a solution for it i think it just has to be this polarizing until we hit some kind of equilibrium I just feel like there's I a see- difference between Nick DiPaolo and Chappelle. I can't get off this. It's so frustrating to me that we don't see the difference between these two people. Like, why we can't put ourselves... Like, I can hear the subtext in what Chappelle is saying. Like, I understand uh, that this is actually bumping up against... Like, Nick DiPaolo's just awful punching down coming from a place of just privilege and uh shock value and like there's nothing behind it you don't feel any like trying to reconcile the world that he lives in but for people who are you know have been uh black in this fucking country for their entire life for 45 years and have struggled to have basic human rights and have to worry about getting gunned down in the streets and then for them to see how quickly we, in their perception, which I could just look in the, the perception of another community of people and see and hear it in the way that he talks in the joke, to watch us uh, seemingly hand over uh, those basic human rights to someone who possibly in his perception has a choice about their experience, right? You don't have a choice about what ethnicity you're born, but... And I'm not saying that, that I, like, I understand the, I'm going to want to cut this out later, but I understand the trans experience also. But the trans experience, I'm as privileged as you get. So the trans experience, I'm not looking at that and being like, wow, in a year, in a year you got bathroom switched, huh? They just went right out. They just like got in line and uh, you got everybody fighting for your rights. You know, we were, we were slaves and then we had to have separate bathrooms and then we had, and I, I, my kids still can't wear a sweatshirt outside. They're going to get shot by the cops, but everybody jumped to defend you guys in a year, you know, it's a year. I don't think it's crazy that uh, it's going to take a minute to reconcile that for somebody who's 45 years old, you know, who's not born. Like that's not something we were exposed to in the nineties, you know? Um, and so I see the nuance in that and the difference between that and Nick DiPaolo. And it's just weird that we like, uh, from like act like it's so woke to drag somebody who's clearly just having a nuanced experience with grappling with his reality. And we lump him together with just a regular old, uh, privileged piece of shit 
who by the way didn't mock trans people he 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 made a the cover of his fucking comedy special for those of you that don't know who Nick DiPaolo is the cover of his comedy album is his is him flipping off a black lives matter protester who has uh been killed yeah yeah it's just uh it's wild anyway <laughs> go watch the bird revelation that's really really cool really good it's not without its own controversy i think he he has touchy subjects in there but he's got a very interesting point of view and it's very intimate and the thing that he clo- the way he closes that is unlike uh, any other special you would ever see watch nanette again for good boundary pushing comedy yeah. you know comedy that changes and makes you think I think the name of that Bill Burr special that I was referencing earlier is I'm Sorry You Feel That Way, maybe? Yeah, that's the one that was shot in black and white. That's it. So uh, watch those ones if you want If you want to look at good good examples of comedy. And there are plenty of good examples out there. Yeah. There's just lots of bad ones, He had too. several jokes that were like, where you get that like pit in your stomach where there's like, how are you possibly going to turn this joke around and make it funny? Mm-hmm. You know? Um was he the one that said that they wanted to look at kids' buttholes on the, the Michael Jackson thing? Uh, probably. Okay. So, remind me. <laughs> just, oh, yeah. It was just like you watched that documentary about Michael Jackson. He was like, apparently, <laughs> they like looking at buttholes. That one? <laughs> yeah. uh, great. Glad we're closing on that. <laughs> <laughs> we're almost out of here. And Jess is like, hey. Don't forget the assholes part. <laughs> Little child's assholes. <laughs> Jeez, Louise. Anyway, thanks for listening. <laughs> uh, you can find us. <laughs> don't find us. Don't find us, please. <laughs> please don't cancel us. Please. I'm going to want to delete everything I said. This is the podcast that will keep us off SNL. Yeah. I mean. That in my age. <laughs> uh, anyway, guys, thanks for listening to us uh, and our thoughts on comedy. And thanks for listening to us week after week. And keep doing it. Go to our Patreon. Patreon.com backslash Mormon and the meth head. Follow Jessa at Jessa Reed Comedy and me at Aaron Woodall 14. That was my number in high school lacrosse, by the way. That's oh, really? That, yeah, that's where it comes from. Anywho, uh, <laughs> I just I think I just Twitter? got canceled for admitting that yeah. I played lacrosse. <laughs> like, li- this guy's got to be a little racist for sure. Listen, we're all growing. We're all not perfect. You know, some people have issues with the trans community. Some of us played lacrosse as white teenagers. So there's a lot of room for improvement here. I was also on an improv team. I am not perfect. <laughs> but uh, we'll catch you guys next week on Mormon and the Meth Head. If you put a Mormon and a Meth Head together, this is what they sound like. Aaron would all just a Listen to them talking to Mike. Stop it, a podcast. <clears throat>
a podcast network.